Hello and welcome to our second episode of In a Good Way. And today we have some very special guests here. Um, but before that, I would like to introduce my co-host, Jacob Pellegrino, aka the Hoko King. It's it's no okay. And, and um, um, that's Pratik talking. He is the debate champion. Every day, sophomore year, he would skip class, you know, go to those debate tournaments, and he always won first place. And uh, <laughs> okay, that's gotta feel bad. But, um, and with us, we have two very special guests. Um, one of them is my favorite, obviously, um, Kuse. Hello. And he's my favorite member of the band. What's Pretty up, much Pratik? the only member of the band I know. But Kuse. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then our other guest is Smarin, who is billed on here as Bruce. Smarin, do you want to talk about the name origin? Okay, so basically, uh, it's our Hoko Spirit Week, and me and my date, we decided that we're going to try to dress up this week. And she had this really foolish idea that she would actually win in our Spirit Week competitions. So yesterday, it was Greece versus Greece, so Greece the movie versus Greece the country. And she thought she would win by going like Greece. And she came to school with it was a good outfit, hands down to her. You know, she did well. She had the whole black, black leather jacket, the red bandana. She did well, but I, you know, I had an epiphany the night before, and I was like, I'm gonna come to school like a brown Zeus. And I came, and I conquered. So smart, in my opinion, actually. I think you dressed like a bum yesterday. Oh my god, I dressed like a bum. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, I abstained from Hoko Spirit Week. Just personally. So, let me get this straight. But you are judging like a man. You, you are judging a man when you, you do not accept it. At least do it activity. properly. Oh okay, anyways. No, no, Sorry. No. You know what? This is good. It's we're okay. going to have to okay. talk Let's about this more. I love this clashing. It's very good clashing. So, we also wanted to explain our name change that we did after we posted the last one. But yeah, so, we did not bother to change it in the beginning of the last one. So our last name was um, "Speak with Your Chest," and which um, is which means like "Speak Up." But we learned that that is a rather specialized piece of slang that most people didn't know. Yeah, so we changed it to "In a Good Way," and that's after. Um, uh, personally, I don't mean to brag or anything, but you know that's after my saying. Um, so I say "In a Good Way" a lot, and this is kind of remind you guys to always look things in a positive way, even though life these days, especially in society, and um, you know, in IB, it can get a little stressful, but just, you know, look at it in a positive way. Yeah, that's not what Pratik means when he says that. <laughs> Generally, it just means he said <laughs> that something was, that was rude. Beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you. That was actually beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful. I think I got it. <laughs> and then our art on there, as you might see, is an orange that's been painted blue. And the background's blue. There's really a lot of meaning behind that. Who created that? I really like that image. It was some Jacob, random well, person online. Well, Jacob oh, really? created the, uh, the yeah, some, uh, who put it up for free use. Very oh, nice yeah. of them. Shout out to the well, orange guy. I don't know. I'll respect him. We figured that would mean, you know, look at things differently than they might seem. Stuff like that. So, and it looks really cool. To our topics today, we have some very very nice topics, and today's theme is Hoko. So amazing guys. Um, and uh, the first topic we're going to talk about though is. NBA in China. That's a really debated topic. Right? Okay, so let me just give you a little bit of background. So basically, they're Daryl Murray. Um, he is the Houston Rockets general manager. He made some comments um, talking about basically he just posted a picture of um, uh, the a pro Hong Kong protest, and um, then there was a lot of controversy because China started, um, you know, uh, China advertisers started pulling out. A lot of money lost, and then LeBron James was asked to respond. He sent out a couple of controversial tweets saying that he didn't necessarily agree with what Daryl Morey said at the time and when he said it. So um, 
basically, I have a lot of comments about this, but before I jump in, I want to hear what um, you guys have to say. Well, to get things started off, honestly, I believe the NBA really made a bad decision trying to censor his words. I feel like just because we just because they live in a nation in which freedom of speech may be somewhat censored i feel like in our country it is a it is mandatory to respect everyone's right to freedom of speech and i feel like it was a large violation honestly to uh mr mr mori that it was it was taken away from him his his right to speech see i agree with kusay on the idea that yeah he does have a right to have the right to express his opinions, but I also think you need to keep in mind what his position is. So Daryl Morey, keep in mind, is the general manager for the Houston Rockets, one of the most up-and-coming, well, not, they are they are quite a very competitive basketball team. You know, they finish in the top tier of the Western Conference, so they have quite an international image. And in addition, they have superstars such as James Harden, who is easily probably one of the most um, recognizable players in the NBA. So when you have, when you are the leader and the face of that organization, I feel that you have to be a little bit more cognizant of your comments. So he obviously knows that China is a huge ground for basketball, right? There's been many pushes in the shoe market. There's been many pushes into the international games. So while, yes, I agree that maybe he shouldn't have been censored, I don't think he should have made the comments in the first place because he's got to understand that with his experience, with his money, with his prestige, comes the responsibility of, okay, I need to do what's best for my team. I need to do what's best for the league. It's one thing to say these comments in private or in some other like less public forum, but as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, it is part of your job to make sure you know what when to say it, how to say it. Yeah, I mean, especially right before playing games in China and that yeah. whole thing. Like, why would you say something like that? Exactly. It's just like, and yeah. I think another good point is, um, so actually before I want to kind of want to touch on, so I was watching uh, Inside the NBA yesterday and they addressed the situation either. And um, Shaq and... Um, Charles Barkley brought a really good point. So basically, Shaq, as you guys all know, does business in China as well. And he basically made a really good point. Both parties respect the view of others. So basically, he has um, friends in China as well. And one thing that he made very clear is that we go over there to play games, right? So it's basically that you can't come to my country and make money and then insult me. So that's what Char Charles Barkley said, and I thought it was very interesting. I didn't look at it that previously that way. It's also, we don't get to impress our values on those countries. I get what Daryl Morey was trying to say. I think he was he had a very good intentions, and um, but I think one thing he failed to realize was that one the timing of it, two the fact that Yao Ming's former team, the Rockets, they're the most popular team in China, huge impact there. But a uh, question I want you to ask uh, all of you guys is is something I read um, is basically if uh, Daryl Morey sent the tweets, let's say now instead of then, do you think it would have had the same impact? I feel like yes, because I feel like the game was. Honestly, uh, not too big of a deal. I, I believe it was preseason. Let's be honest here. No one cares about the preseason. But I, it is in China, so I give you that. But I feel like overall, if he had made those comments right now, it would have had the same impact. Because, you know, uh, apart from the U.S., I, China is probably in one of the top five countries with the most with the largest basketball fan base and you you were right about the Yao Ming thing I, I completely forgot about that until you mentioned it that one of the one of the all-time greats from Houston was actually from China so I guess that does add on to the discussion about he should not have done it but I feel like um, I, I understand I feel like the NBA should have should have get, should have tried to reach out to him and tell him what was wrong but I feel like 
overall, I feel like they handled it in a, a wrong sort of way by publicly attempting to censor it. I understand that they are still trying to save their business interests in China, but I feel like this one comment won't make or break the entire NBA's fan base in China, right? So I feel like if the NBA had reached out to him or the whole NBA like community, like the NBA Players Association and been like, hey, let's not talk about China in private instead of public, I feel like it would have been more effective because it's more personal to the players and it won't make as big, a big a deal. Because let's be honest, if we had not if we had not seen the NBA censor his tweets, I feel like the majority of us wouldn't even have seen the tweets in the first place because no offense to no offense to the general manager, but he doesn't have the largest <laughs> following on Twitter, right? So that's, that's a sneaky diss. I like it. Uh, no, but I'm just saying that it's. He's I feel like the if they had handled it more privately, <laughs> right. it would have been much better than publicly trying to censor it on their official Twitter page. Well, like going off on that, what do you think about then? So Adam, uh, Adam Silver, right, the commissioner. What do you think about his public's almost support of not i wouldn't say support but he made the public comment that china wanted us he was telling i think an interviewer right oh china made us calls they were calling us saying you need to fire daryl Morey from his job and uh what is it adam silver said hell no or he said heck no what do you think of adam silver taking such a public and a hard mind support stance for him do you think that was a good move on his part do you think it was a genuine move or is it more of okay i'm going to use this incident as good publicity and show that i'm a good commissioner i look after my general managers i'm open to discussion or do you think he actually cared about the fact that hey people were taking away someone's right to talk about something or what do you think well i think um this important context there is that i think adam silver actually um he basically i think he backed up like basically initially he was in some uh, kind of against the daramori thing and basically in support of china but then he realized that he would get backlash from the American media and uh, the American sponsors, so he backed up that. So I think that's really, honestly, both of them are just money moves, which I completely respect. I think um, initially, I'm not going to lie, I was a little um, kind of outspoken and a little bit kind of angry almost towards um, LeBron's comments. So I've always looked up to LeBron. He's a great guy, a uh, great idol of mine. And um, one of the things I really value is when a celebrity is able to take stance and use their power to influence others and um, stand up to that. But one of the things I really understand, and I actually got this from, again, um, Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley's comments yesterday, is who are we to judge um, what another person or another man does with his money? And also the fact that LeBron James was kind of Nike's scapegoat almost. He took the blame for it. He took the fall for it of all the different sponsors of Nike and he represents in China. So I think we should, um, I think it's unfair some of the uh, criticism he's getting. What do you think? I think also it wasn't. It doesn't really matter his uh, thoughts. It wasn't really a fireable thing to do. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't really specifically say anything incendiary. Sure. Well, I think that's what part of the problem was for people. It's just that he didn't take a uh, stance. He basically kind of took that money ball, which I mean, again, it's not something bad. But it's just say that's I think the, what the outrage was targeted towards. Um, also, I kind of want to touch on uh, another thing which uh, is kind of going a little bit away from basketball and kind of impacting this out. It's the soft power influence that China has now. So China, uh, so basically soft power is kind of like a concept first dubbed by Joseph Nye. Um, and it's basically kind of just describing the economic power a nation has to influence the, um, influence the cultural uh, climate of other countries. So China you, um, originally didn't have that much of it. And the global leader in soft power 
was United States. Like, look, all of our culture, the 80s music, 90s music, even hip hop, that started in the U.S. But now in China, their economic power has grown to such a great deal that they're even able to force the NBA, which is a, such a great big organization, to fall down to them. What do you guys think of that? I find that to be really interesting. I feel like the U.S. doesn't really have as much of a problem. A lot of countries don't have as much of a problem soft power in terms of pop culture with the U.S. Because in the United States, a lot of our pop culture comes from the United States, and uh, a lot of the uh, it sounds kind of uh, naive of me to say, but I feel like a lot of the world uses U.S. pop culture as well, and so I feel like those countries don't deal as much with a problem because we're we don't influence their nations. Uh, we we don't have that soft power to those nations, so I feel like it's really interesting to see a country where pop culture isn't really developed too much, but they have power over other nations' pop cultures. What do you think about that, Smart? I agree with you on that because I feel like we're using the U.S. I think everyone, ex- I think also everyone kind of expects the U.S. to always constantly be, oh, they're the right, supposedly people fighting for democracy. They're always, their pop culture should always be correct. Like everyone in the U.S. should always be able to stand, speak their mind. But I think you also got to realize while that might be the image of some people, the vast majority of people also just kind of minding their own business. And there's, you can't fault anyone for minding their own business, right? It's, that's their personal right. And I feel like that also kind of relates to like just the idea of censoring shit, right? And the censoring people is that at some point you have to, yeah, censoring is bad, but at some point it also falls on the person and the, their individual responsibility to understand, you know, when's the right time and place for it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I'm not saying that you always have to be worried about that. And there are times, for example, MLK, we read about this in AP Gov, right? His letter from Birmingham. That was not, you cannot censor that because that is showing you the true struggle those, you know, these African-American men, women, children were going through at the time. But in cases like this, the NBA in China, did Daryl Morey really have to say that? And, and and it goes back to what Pratik was saying. He's making so much money in China. You Why are you making then? Uh, you, so you're telling me you did not have a problem. All the millions you've been raking in, preseason games, shoe contracts, international, all that. Yeah, literally, like he is just making stack after stack. And now suddenly you have a problem with, oh, the, pol- the political parties are this, this, this. How can you really comment you on that? See, uh, what I see is um, when he did say those comments, let's be honest, that the majority of the people who are protesting in China are young, are, is the younger generation, similar to the basketball fans of China. They're also the young generation. There's no 50-year-old dude protesting on the streets that's also a Houston Rockets fan, right? So I feel like he didn't, he didn't lose too much of a fan base from his comments because most of them... Uh, I wouldn't say most of them. I'm not trying to make assumptions and trying to put one group into one category, but I feel like the majority of his fans do. Uh, they don't maybe don't support the protest, but they don't mind the protest. And so I feel like what really happened was that I feel like maybe it was even to gain more publicity in China, uh, even a little bit, trying to influence the younger generation. Like, hey, maybe you have something going on, and I feel like yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. Well, I, I think I pose a question to the group, but you seem to have like some very personal connections to censorship and like people in China. So you seem like you were like, what, can you tell us something? Do you know anything more about that you want to share with us? Yeah. So um, over the summer, I actually had the kind of the honor. Basically, I was working with someone from the Philippines and he went to China over the kind of over like a, for a couple of weeks to um, pretty much just work with that. And um, he was he was there for a vacation. 
So one of the things I uh, thought was like really interesting was actually that was my first experience with working or like with someone who had um, active uh, censorship rules. So he basically he had to use a VPN. And I think it was just very interesting that even though that was going on, he still had love and like respect and patriotism for that nation. And I think that's very important, especially because even though like we have such of a, a different uh, perspective than someone in a different country. So it's really hard for us to judge their livelihoods and also compare to our values. So while we um, definitely respect their values and the American values and appreciate dem um, democracy and the free speech we have, we should also be able to respect the viewpoints that other nations have. And I think this is kind of like the balance between, again, it's politics a little here, it's intervention, whether we should interfere the, as a nation or you know just let things be. So I think there's a very fine line here. Um, but that's gonna. I think that's something that's always gonna be subjective and is gonna be open to a debate. But I think that's a really good transition here to um, kind of transition into our morality discussion segment. So this is our weekly segment where we just talk about the uh, moral implications of different ongoing events within our school and also within. I'm kind of just a global topic. So today we have the pros and cons of ranks, specifically school ranks. So. Um, I think I kind of want to open up the floor here and first of all get your personal perspectives on how ranks have influenced you, what's your personal opinions, because I'm sure this is not a very uh, middle of the ground topic, it's more, it's a very subjective topic. So who wants to start off? I'll start off. Um, I'm actually a big proponent of ranks. Um, wow. Like I think, I think ranks are good because it helps it fosters competition in a good sense, and I think it, it gives you a benchmark of how well you need to go and what work you need to put in to go further. Um, but with that, I think it's a fine line between competition and then toxicity, right? I think that that's when it becomes an issue because that's when kids are starting to like they lose friendships, they start to see everyone as competition. But overall, I would say ranks, at least in my life, have helped me because they've given me clear goals of what I need to work for and how to adjust that. What do you think? I think they're important also because grades can differ and like how easy it is teacher to teacher, school to school. Mm -hmm. The ranks show how someone compares to people in a similar or the same situation and that can be really useful. Yeah, and I mean, I honestly, in my opinion, I feel like I wouldn't be as hardworking if I wasn't if I wasn't having to compete with other students. I feel like if if we didn't have to compete with each other and only compete with ourselves, then I feel like I'd really be content with getting a B or, uh, okay, even a B is a somewhat decent grade. I'd be content with passing a class. And I feel like ranks really do motivate me to want to do better in my classes and try to excel and not just pass. And so I feel like they're really good, but I agree with Smart also that there is a fine line where there are students who are sacrificing their whole social life to just get from like rank eight to rank four or something yeah. like that. And I feel like that's 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 crazy to me. Yeah, like for real, what are you gonna remember? I went, I jumped four ranks, or I exactly. had a Hoko night. Like, come exactly. on here, yeah. oh, now I'm damn my senior year. <laughs> Jump those four four of those ranks oh, in one yeah. night. Woo. Let's go. Exactly. And you think about it, it's like a percentage, okay? If you're in yeah. if you're in the top two percent versus the top one percent, that can literally be like a difference of like a bad grade in one class your junior yeah. year, and it's like that's not that's not the biggest focus. You know, you have so much other that goes into college applications as well. Uh, yeah. It's usually graded holistically. Any 
many ways. I, uh, one of my cousins works for one of the admissions committees for a top college, and I've noticed that when I was talking to him about it, he told me that it is a very holistic review, that we do look at essays, and there are students who have maybe average ACT scores like 18s or 20s that are getting into these Ivy Leagues because their essays show their personal voice. And even if their class rank wasn't good, they can still make it up so many ways. So I feel like a jump from like four to eight or from eight to four, excuse me, isn't too big of a deal. And I feel like it does create a little bit of, as Smarin mentioned, toxicity in, in our yeah, school. Yeah, and well, the one thing to avoid is where you get to the point where nobody wants to work with anyone else on anything because they're afraid that they'll do better than them. And when that fear exists, you can have a good community that fosters learning. Yeah, um, and kind of on that note, um, I think one thing, uh, just kind of being a little bit on the um, negative side here, one of the things I think is really important in um, terms of kind of like working with each other and trying to be the best version of yourself is more collaboration rather than competition. I think there's a very fine line between that once again. And um, I think schools are actually, and the education system as a whole is going in the right direction. Like with the uh, thing of like optionized uh, standardized testing, that's improved diversity a lot within uh, colleges and also uh, helped um, low income students a lot. So I think that's a really good direction we're going in. But um, I think it's really up to students to kind of carry that culture of their of collaboration, pushing innovation, and just trying to uh, um, apply more real life experiences within the education system. I think it's something that students are going to have to take the lead in. Yeah, I agree, because like, I feel like if we're not able to apply what we're learning every day into school, then what's the point of going to school and spending seven hours on something that you can't apply into the real world, right, other than class rank, which is... Uh, what are you talking about, man? I'm going to apply my English academy, father of modern <laughs> philosophy. It's a real-world example. I don't know what you're talking about. You He's going to listen to this. Video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, 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 Latin. What is that? The cognito something, I think, therefore I am? Oh. Definitely. We can just I feel like Hamlet quotes all day. Too. I feel like us learning... Part. Um, I feel like us learning Hamlet is not because they want us to apply Hamlet into the real world. I because we're not going to be quote. Let's be honest, we're not going to be quoting line forty of Act Two. Scene Wait, who four. said that one? And to whom? Come on, you exactly. Come on, come on, come on, come on so I, I feel like that's not the point of making these quizzes. You know, in school you say, in general. He's just saying this because you know he hasn't read yet. This is all just <laughs> okay. Maybe not. I haven't read yet. But that's my, point. <laughs> my point is that school is made. To teach a student how to manage their time, yeah. be hardworking, and also there are moral lessons oh. in school all the time, like the shattered dreams thing. If we oh, didn't go yeah. to school, we would have we would have never see, we would have never firsthand experienced that. Maybe one of us would have been victim to that and would be yeah. very unfortunate. But when it opens sure. up our eyes to stuff like that, it's very important. Well, I, I think say, speaking on that night, what do you think about moms and garters? Ooh. Ooh. So, okay, here we go. What do I think about garters? garters? I have I personally have no problem with people who do uh Are you doing those? Okay, so I'm not personally I'm not going to. Uh it's a little out of my budget, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they are pretty expensive. They, they, they do get up there when you add they the They go stuff. insane, yeah, man. And I think and like, like if you're gonna work for seven hours. It costs like hundred and twenty bucks. The guys one's only like sixty, like what? Oh yeah. It's Luckily, crazy. Tavia said no bells. The the, you got lucky, man. Yeah. I don't do these Friday. I swear to like on when we have to exchange them, and the entire school is gonna just be bell, 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 bell. bell. Yeah. and feathers all over. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kind of bad when you're getting a girl cowbell to wear. Dude, I have a mattress on Friday. I swear, the entire room is just gonna be bell, bell, bell. <laughs> but you know, so that, it's HL Santa Matt. Everyone Claus racing. Oh, Santa Claus is dead. Just going up and down the hall. Presents for the children. God, oh, man. man. I, I like it, though. I mean, I feel like it's good. And I think 
I mean, I didn't do them last year because I think it was junior. But I, I feel like senior year, if you're gonna do it, you might as well go, right? You, you know, give it any fun instructions for yours? Well, um, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say on podcast, but I did, so I'm gonna keep it a secret. Okay. But yes, I did. I gave a little Ooh. few instructions and okay. um, made Smart. some quick edits. Oh, that's good. It's good, but that's good. That's good. but no, I mean, those people are amazing. Though, the work they do, like I mean, I got my came. I think they came like two days ago. That's freaking insane. Yeah, like how much, much nicer than I would have done. Oh, definitely. I really thought I was gonna hand do this. I took one look at like I tried to search <laughs> up online how to do it yourself, mom. I was like, uh, thirty minute video? No way. No, no better way. to spend the money. Spend the money. Uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Wait, so is this only a Texas kind of thing, or how does that go? Well, okay, so I think from what I can understand about moms, right, it was introduced actually during the colonial times. So let me drop some history. Oh, okay, on you. okay. Oh, oh, oh into the colonial times. Doctor Smart coming. Doctor Smart, oh, yes, yeah. indeed. Smart. Yes, indeed. So it was introduced during colonial times, and it really was just a big corsage of flowers given for a guy to a girl. And it wasn't to indicate, I think they were dating, it was more an indicate for a dance, hey, you're going with me type thing. Then in the 1970s, no choice, no choice. in the 1970s, Texas went from like, everyone else was kind of doing it, but Texas decided to go big, right? And they're the ones who like, shout out Texas, shout out Texas, right? Go big or go home. So like they're the ones who decided to take this idea and make it super big and turn into this whole with cowbells and boas and this this entire like whole tradition. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now if you notice, not many other states do. I don't think any other state besides Texas does mums and garters. I'm not. I don't want to quote that, but I'm pretty sure Texas is the only one. And I think the whole idea is that you know you do it where to the homecoming football game and then you and then that it's just kind of like a fun school spirit. Me personally, I think it's great. You know, I think it's as long as you do it with a big group of friends. You know, I think it just. Look, even if you're not the most school spirit guy, it is your senior year, right? And if you're, this is your last high school, you know, this is the one that counts. So I'm a big fan for it. Um, is it a little bit extra? Is it loud? Completely. <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, it's senior year. What is Texas if not extra and loud, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, we do that for the Cowboys and Cowbells. Literally the definition. We I mean, do that for the Cowboys each year. I said on right? SNL, more Cowbell. <laughs> Always a solution. But. So, do y'all want to talk about best late night snacks real quick? Ooh, okay. So, this is our absurd reference. I have some opinions on that. Oh, okay. Okay, drop those opinions. The the number one late night snack is a bag of, like, hot Cheetos or Takis. I don't know why, but in the nighttime, they just taste better. You know what I mean? (laughs) The crunch is a little more satisfactory. The flavor is a little more This is the worst hot take I've ever heard in my life. The flavor is just a little bit more. Are you kidding me? You know that chili lime? My mouth is watering right now. It's not even 12 o'clock. Are you If you catch me at 1 in the morning, I will have a bag of hot chips. For real. I ate some last night. My hands are still stained. That's not a good thing. Wash your hands, man. I do wash my hands. Why are you not washing your hands? never comes off. That is not good. It's like a sharpie. It just no. never comes off. Okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> you like to have a spicy snack at one in the morning. What do you think? What do you want? What do you want? I'm a- Okay, honey know. bunches of oats. That is absolutely blasphemy. What? Honey what? bunches of blasphemy. oats with milk. That is blasphemy. You know I'm right. Please you are, no, stop I am talking, right. bro. Okay? Please stop. You Please know stop. I am honey right. Honey bunches of oats 
That's something you eat when you're 80 years old. Are you kidding me? Have you seen those ads, bro? There are people everywhere doing it. Wake up, cereal, newspaper, just eating your honey. Exactly. That's a it's a gentleman's snack. No one eats puppies. My life is wearing your full like. You can tell my life. PJs, everything. everything. That is an 80 year old snack. I will. I have a my sir. Hey, your dad probably cooler than you then. Why you? Why oh, my you life is more exciting, bro. I got the chili lime. I got oh, the flavor. Exciting? I got so the you like you like putting all explosion. over that bio lab, all those worksheets. <laughs> you like getting that red dust every day. Oh yeah. Well, you, you, you enjoy what? that? You know what? I don't do my work during midnight because I like to manage my time. So what do you oh do really? Why are you, are you up at midnight then? If you're managing your time, <laughs> what do you do during midnight then? Yeah, what do you do during midnight? I eat my flaming hot Cheetos. You dedicate an hour. Hold on, hold on. So you're telling me on school nights you're watching a movie at twelve and eating takis? Yes. And you're telling me you know how to time manage? That's exactly what time managing. Well, it depends on what movie. So you're telling me you're eating cereal while doing your math homework? Of course. It helps you're going to spell the milk, man. You got no. milk? Man, it gets We're you fun. Derivatives? Honestly, I feel like, I feel like when you're eating cereal, oh, when you, find you can't be doing anything else other like than watching. Brain power, man. Because okay. cereal does use brain power because you want to get that perfect bite, you know? Oh. On honey bunches of oats, you got to manage. You know the small little, like, sugar? Yeah, the kernel. You, you oh, got to make sure that you're you're spacing those out. You can't eat all of them at the same time. Or else you're going to have something bland. I do. I mean, I, I eat it for breakfast every once in a while. Uh, I'm, it's, I mean, it's absolutely blasphemous to eat it at 12 a.m. You know, like <laughs> something yeah. like chips okay, or something fine. would be way better. We will agree to disagree then. Well, does Patika have any yes. opinion? Yeah. You know what? He has any late night snacks. What's your favorite late night I don't want to drop some hot takes or anything, but um, I'm going to have to go with the bagel. Okay. With or without cream cheese? Yeah. With. Okay. That's better. That's better. Not just any bagel. Einstein Bros. No, no. 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 I got you. I got you. Einstein from Costco. Wait. You get your bagels from Tom Tom? You get your bagels from Tom Tom. Have you had the jalapeno cheese bagel from Tom Tom? It is better than any Einstein Bros bagel you will ever find. Einstein Bros is dedicated to making bagels. That's not cool. That's not cool. I can bet you money that you will. I'm going to bring you one. You know, I'm going to bring you one tomorrow. And then you can have it for We'll update you guys on the next podcast. Like, this is going to be intense debates. We're gonna talk about this. next time. All right. Well, I want to give a big shout out for Jacob and Pratik. Thank you guys for hosting us. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Always great having you guys. Thank you. And you both. Yes. I enjoyed the conversation about the late night snack. I, I did. That, that was quite. That was right. How many taste that bagel? Um, this will come back. I think end of the week. End of the week. Yeah. All right. I'll make sure to post it on my socials. Let everyone yeah. know. Yeah. We'll do. Awesome. What's up? I need the bagel though. I need to see the bagel. We'll see. We'll see. I'll give you it. I'll, I'll get both of y'all. You two, Jacob. Yes, all yeah. three of you. Oh, okay. Jalapeno okay. cheese bagel. I'll put some cream cheese that on top good. too. Woo. Make sure make sure they're toasted so you can have them properly. We got a podcast oh. and a snack. Wow. Oh, Julie. Okay. That's, nice. That's the best late night snack. Okay. Awesome. Listen to in a good way. With whatever you want, mm. I like it. I can't disagree with that. Snack for a hey, yeah, snack for like the that. mind, snack for the body. I mean, we like that. I'll eat my talkies and listen to the podcast, and I'll eat my cereal and listen. But it's okay. okay. You all have your opinions, even it's though it's okay. better. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole point of in a good way. We're looking at it in a good way, and again, agreeing to disagree. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having us. Appreciate it. See you later, bro. And thank you. Okay, well, shout out to, um, you know, Smarn and Q-Say. That was really fun. That's great but to have them on. 
Yeah. Now that this is a safe space without so many people who might be easily offended, I, I've decided to share my personal favorite okay. late night snack. Okay. And that's very hard to get. I have a little stockpile for myself, but oh, wow. uh, it's much? still hard to get. And it is, they did this in, I believe, 2018, maybe? Okay. Whenever Deadpool 2 came out, you could only get it at 7 Eleven, except one time I found it for a dollar at Walmart. That was a beautiful time. It's a Deadpool Tiny Hands candy. And essentially, it's a little trolley. Okay, two I don't know how to shaped like feel little hands this. there. They're wonderful. The bag's funny. You got Deadpool's face on the bag looking at you as you eat the little hands. It's it's a great snack. I just don't like eating hands. I don't know if that's a hot take or anything, but... The hot take is that (laughs) Sour Patch Kids, who invented that? You know what? They're shaped like children. Yeah, we should not eat children or hands. Or, you know what, any part of the body, to be honest. Like, I don't think that's a good thing to Deadpool Tiny Hands, where it's at... No, I mean, I don't know if... I, I'm sure many of you guys will agree with me, and I'm sure, actually, I'm assuming you guys agree with me, but... Um, you can't assume anything. You know what? You're right. That's what we learned in English. Yeah. But um, on that note, I think we would like to kind of end up the podcast yeah. and sh- shout out some people. Um, once again, obviously, Hugh Sansmarn, and um, we really appreciate our um, podcast, um, you know, the, the platform we're hosting podcasts on Anchor. We really appreciate them and also, shout out them. for today, to be able to record here before QSA had to go to band practice, really appreciate Mr. Lewis for letting us use the reading room in the library. And really um, awesome. you know what? Next week we have some amazing guests for you guys ready. And um, But before that, before we announce a guest, which I know you guys are really excited for, yeah. we're going to take some questions. So now, I think Most of these are leftover questions from last week. Yeah, and um, I think one of the first questions we have is, um, what do you value more, money or happiness? Money or happiness. Now, that's a good question. I think happiness, clearly. But I think money is an integral component to happiness. QC and Achi were actually talking about this um, before the podcast, and we want to talk about it, but unfortunately for time, we didn't have enough um, time to talk about it. But I personally think that... Yes, money does factor into happiness, but it's only an adequate amount. After you have enough money, oh yeah, you that's part of the um, that's part of that the, definition of the, happiness. Yeah, the Nicomachean. Yeah, from Nicomachean ethics. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. So shout out Aristotle. Yeah. So, what other good questions do we have? Okay, so let's see. We had oh, okay, we had a lot of funny questions. Oh here. wait, I had one for you. Ooh, okay. 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 If you got. <clears throat> A trillion dollars, but a snail became sentient, and its only goal in life is to touch you. If it touches you, you immediately die. And at the start of this scenario, you and the snail are placed at opposite ends of an empty 10 by 10 room. What would be your plan? Now this, I I got in trouble for not asking this last time. Okay, who's this by? Um, I'm working on. Okay, okay, I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, um, uh, wait, so basically, I can't be near this snail? Like, I so, get, if like, this snail touches you, you're dead. Oh, that's not good. Similar, I don't die. Yeah, it's similar to if, like, a slug goes in alcohol, the slug dies. It's, it's Do I have, like, thing. any weapons with me? I, you're in a room. With a snail. Can I just step on it? If you step on it, it's touching you. Can I throw something at it? Well, as long as you don't touch it. Well, then why can't I just throw it? I, I don't get why that's so Well, what's your plan? That's the question. What is your plan? There's nothing in the room. It's a blank room. 
blank room. I mean, it's just like you, like you are right now. Is there a door? Can I get out? No, you're stuck in the room with the snail, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe like take off my shoe and then throw it and. Okay. Or probably yeah. You hobble around with one shoe on. Yeah, I mean it's better than dying. Kind of. Okay. Normal. You think? Can you kill the snail by throwing your shoe? Do you think you have that good of aim? Wait, I have a question. So I, if I got a hundred trillion dollars, oh, I, I changed this one trillion. You're making one one hundred. Basically, if the snail touches me, I die. So what's the point of the one trillion dollars? Well, you'd be dead. You could give it to your mother. Well, I mean, I think that wouldn't. Okay, that's kind of getting a little, you know, touchy here. But wait, so if I get away from the snail and kill it, you should also give it to your brother. If I kill the snail, do I still get to keep the trillion dollars? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Then, that's yeah. the whole point. That's what I'm saying. You're oh, not okay. necessarily going to die. Just you could. It's a risk. Yeah, I don't want to die. Uh, let's not try to die, people. Okay. I, th I think that was a sufficient plan. So, just to summarize Pratik's plan, he would wildly throw his shoe, hope it kills the snail, and then run in circles wildly with no plan. I think that's a great plan. It's good. It's a great plan. It's good. Uh, Is there any more questions? So, one of the ones was should we have a theme song Ooh. and we are planning on recording some intro music later but it might take a little bit yeah it's actually with one of our um future guests um who asked that last question actually yeah yeah so shout out to future guests um but our next guest we will have next week yeah, and they, is two very special two guests. very special people and they both run the ultimate frisbee club it's a uh, luke and peter yeah so major respect to them uh, for coming on the podcast next week. And, and they were actually going to be our episode two people, but Smart and Cusay just got bumped up due to scheduling issues. Yeah. Luke and Peter are very busy guys. Yeah, we'll try hard um, to <laughs> just kind of communicate with them and try to get the next podcast out as soon as possible. Yeah. But on that note, I think we're going to end it here. And um, once again, thank you thank guys you so much listening. for listening. And this was in a good way. Yes. With Pratik. And Jacob. Thank you.